Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vazana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Hey, Noel, how's it going? Feeling uh, refreshed after the week off last week? Not really. No. Nah. Nah, me either, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. At all. <laughs> just one more week. Just one more. It's like, you you know, when you wake up, when the alarm goes off, you just need to hit that snooze button one more time. Yeah. Uh, it feels so good. No, but it's it good to be like, back, especially with you, Matt. Yeah, it's great. It's I mean, we never talk awesome. except for the show. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> never. Well, it's nice to see your face. Yeah, you too. As ugly as it is. <laughs> you ready to get this thing going? Let's do it. Well, uh, let's start off with uh, the Washington football team then. You haven't talked about them in a while. Oh, well, oh, hold on real quick. Since we were late, I did have something that I did want to talk about that I saw over the weekend. And uh, yeah, well, great. number one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a nap over here. <laughs> number <Go> one, <laughs> congratulations to the Bucks for winning the Super oh, Bowl. Yeah. You know, belated congratulations. We were both so right about oh, that game. Oh, my God. Right? All, killed it. Kill, <laughs> killed it. Scoring all. <laughs> Yeah, they got Chiefs got dominated. Oh yeah, it was not a pretty situation anyway, for them whatsoever. You know, it was a week ago. Whatever, it's done. Season's over with. But this is the in, this is the fun part. So I don't know if anybody knows, but they had all the you know festivities afterward. They had the boat parade out on the bay and all that shit. Brady was getting wild out there. Brady was bombed. They had, Did he? Uh, hold on, real quick. I saw he hugged some random girl, and I thought it was Giselle, but that ended nope. up not being her. Yeah, and then he uh, he did a little grab ass, little cup ass there. He I, did you I notice mean, that? He, it's bad when like Gronkowski ha- is the sober one, and like <laughs> having to like they had to carry him off the party boat. But, yeah, dad's not there anymore. Right, right. But but <laughs> before that, drunk Tom, mm-hmm. he had the Super Bowl trophy. So. Some of the other players are on another boat, and they're like, hey, man, throw it over here. It's like fucking spring break. So he tosses it like a football over this other boat, right? It was more of a, of a heave, yeah, yeah, like yeah, underhanded yeah, heave. Yeah, yeah, you know? it was a toss, you know, just an yeah. underhanded toss, like a softball toss. It's dangerous, though. Dangerous. I mean, that thing was going to sink like a stone if it didn't go. <laughs> Plus, he was drunk off his ass. So after that, I mean, it was all over social media. So who comes out? Lorraine Gross. If nobody knows who Lorraine Gross is, and I sure as hell didn't, she is the daughter of Greg Gross, the designer um, and maker of 
the Lombardi Trophy. Like Tiffany's? Tiffany's, yeah. He worked for okay. them. He was a silversmith for them, and he was the designer and made the first one up until like the wow. 90s. So she proceeds to be on an interview after she sees this footage. And let me just quote her, okay? Please. And keep in mind, all she is is the daughter. She's not even the one that like the the one that hammered out the the football. <laughs> a lot of hard like Thor. Yeah. A, so she says this: a lot of hard work and a lot of hours go into it making the trophy. Okay. It just really upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it were a real football. I didn't <laughs> sleep for the past two nights because of this. I was that upset because I know the passion that goes into this trophy. And I know my dad and all his fellow silversmiths (laughs) are so proud to make this. I personally like an apology and not just to me and my family and the other silversmiths. (laughs) Come on. But to the fans. Oh, my God. I mean, shut the fuck up. She couldn't sleep. Couldn't over sleep this. for two days. They're like this guy's got seven of them. You I know. know. He's like, sweetheart, Whatever. if I drop that one, I'll give you another one. <laughs> you know. I mean, shut up. Really? What a loser. You went on the air, I, and and I saw the interview. I saw the video. I mean, she is really distraught by this whole thing. The work my father put in. It's not even like he made that one. Yeah, he's. I mean, I could possibly I understand. Dead. His memory, his living yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful trophy. It's it's a, it's it's timeless. Absolutely, it is. great job. Good job. Well played. Maybe Brady was so damn drunk that he actually <laughs> thought it was a football. Hey, at least it didn't shatter in like a million pieces, like the uh, national championship trophy did. You know, <laughs> right? I mean, who whoever created that to be a football made of crystal may have been the dumbest idiot and didn't on earth. Gronkowski dent one of the other ones for the Patriots in the locker room or he, something one he time. He did something. I don't know he if it was the some- Super Bowl trophy. Shit I think happens. it was. It was the AFC championship trophy. Know. Maybe I know I that remember. something that idiot did something with one of them. But shut up like wringing your hands on tv apology <laughs> fuck you well him walking around without a mask that's the issue that yeah I yeah apologize for that uh, yeah it, it was worse that he was breathing on the trophy without a mask <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that right. was a little tidbit the super bowl was so shitty and boring and the halftime oh, sucked the whole game. thing sucked that was my highlight of the weekend was them getting bombed on the party boats and seeing them toss a trophy and this woman whimpering about it. So there it is. You didn't like the weekend's halftime show? The bandage name, head the guys dancing in unison on the field. It, what the fuck was that? It looked like that? a jock strap. It looked like they had like <laughs> yeah. a thousand jock straps out there. Yeah. I mean, I understand they got to cover their faces, but we could have you know, been a little more creative than that, I would think. Yeah, it was but, like a big hey. panty raid. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> You know he spent $8 million of his own money for that? What? Yeah, he did. Cool. Well, you know, they, they don't get paid to do the Super Bowl show. No, I don't I don't know what they do. No, they don't. I figured they don't it's get paid. They, they're, they're paid just like any show that they go on. No, it's because it's the most watched telecast. Oh, it's like I mean, promoting te- yourself. Gotcha. It's, yeah, it's free promotion. But he went a step above and paid an extra $8 million for whatever that. There wasn't even anything there. They had one stage and a fucking thing on the field. You know, and the maze in the back, which was oh, very confusing maze, for all of us. Oh, the fun house or whatever the fun it was. House. With, the, with the bandage heads dancing everywhere. <laughs> so Jock dumb. strap heads. Anyway. Anyway, old news. Old yeah. news. But we were gone for a week, yeah. so, you know, whatever. <laughs> Sorry to bore yeah. you. All right. So um, back to what I was talking about. Let's talk about the Washington football team. All right. 
So there was some news. Uh, we didn't talk about this last week because, again, we were gone. Again, my apologies to all who were affected by this, this travesty. But uh, it kind of feeds into the news over the weekend as well that we're going to talk about. But I'm sure that you heard that Taylor Heineke signed a two-year $4.7 million deal with Washington. It's supposedly 8.7, but it's not. It's, it's funny money, which includes a $1.5 million guarantee with a $1 million signing bonus. According to our best friend, J.P. Finley, who is probably the worst human being at math on earth, but I'm going to use his numbers anyway. The cap hit for Heineke is going to be a little under $1.6 million in 2021 and $2.75 million in 2022. Can really get out from under that pretty oh, easily. But, uh, so um, what do you think about old Heineke coming back? Like I said, it's dirt. He played a game and a half, a game and change. I mean, what did he want? I think they secured a spot on the team and he deserves some money. A two-year deal, some security for him, some security for for Washington. And I think it's a win-win. Whether he's a backup, oh, well, he's not making that much anyway. If he's a starter, it's gold. And that's what it is. Uh, if they really had that much confidence in him, they'd put him into a long-year deal. That That's backup money is what they paid him. That's even less, less than, than backup, backup money. money. The best backups make, for instance... Marcus Mariota is making $10 million here. He made oh, $10 million yeah, last yeah. year. I, I but mean, that's, a, that's a different situation. Yeah. But I think it's great. I don't know what the hell the guy was doing. I mean, it's a great deal for the team. I'm sure he's just happy to be yeah. on a team at this point, but I don't know. Pay off his student loans. Well, maybe. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> He's going for his doctorate or something. But I understand that he has this loyalty to Scott Turner or whatever, but I don't know. I, if I were him, shit. For what he did in a, in a playoff game, signing the first thing that comes along, maybe he was worried he wouldn't have another another team or another option. Maybe he thought this was the best option he had to be able to start eventually. But there's only so many quarterbacks left around. Why wouldn't you go out and shop yourself when free agency starts? But I'm happy well, with it. Well, here's my, here's my argument for him to make that signing. His willingness to take less money to be successful could pay off in the long run. So he takes less money now, kind of like guys that take those one-year deals to bet on themselves, like Joe Flacco, for example, when he when he did that and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. I'm not. I'm just giving one. I'm, I'm just giving one <laughs> yeah, example of that. That he potentially could be betting on himself. He's in a familiar situation. Maybe he feels that comfort is worth more than money right now. He wasn't going to make an exorbitant amount of money to go someplace else. So, okay, no. let's just say for just for sake of argument, I'm just spouting it off. Let's just say he made annually a million to two million dollars more a year after incentives and everything else. Yes, that is a lot of money. But mm -hmm. being in a familiar atmosphere, like you said, potential to start being successful when you did play. You're rolling the dice a lot more going someplace else just to gain a couple million. It's it's kind of short-sighted. I don't know what his financial background is if he's like, you know what, I'm good. Parents are, have been paying my way since I was a baby anyway, so fuck it. I don't know yeah. what his background is. If he needed was living hand-to-mouth, I have no idea. But in this sense, seeing the forest for the trees might be the way that reason why he's doing it this way to say, hey, look, if I'm good... I'm going to re-up and I'm going to re-up big. And like you said, the comfort level as well. I mean, he's used to jumping around from team to team. Right. He, he was in the fucking XFL, for God's sakes. You know, I talked about this, what? And we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. 
when Heineke came off that incredible game against the Bucs, you know, there's Tom Brady sitting out there that never got an opportunity. And you just have to make sure you're in the right system, in the right situation. And yeah, if he dropped a million or two to be in the right situation and a true opportunity that Rivera promised him, which apparently he did, that he's going to be a part of a competition, then you're right. I mean, it's, it's a good deal. And But I'm more surprised that he didn't take a one-year deal and took the two. The one-year prove-it deal, I think, would have been smarter for him. So it's kind of like a mix of security with a prove-it deal, and it works better for us. You know, so yeah. we'll take it. Shit. Absolutely. I think it benefits it's a win -win. both sides. He's not a guy that went out there and played half a season and killed it. He went out there and played a game and change. Okay? And this is worth a game and change to him, and it's worth a game and change to, to Washington. So I think if he goes out there and he shows himself, if Rivera is truthful about him being a viable starter, and Heineke believes that, I don't see anybody losing in this situation. I heard uh, the interview with Heineke and, and Kevin Sheehan, and he was saying that, like, he asked him, look, every time you've started a game, you've gotten hurt, which is two times. You know, you're two for two. And he said that if he had more of an opportunity, he was going balls to the wall. He didn't give a shit. He's right. like, this is my opportunity. I'm going to kill myself out here. And hopefully... If he does happen to start, which who the hell knows, maybe he'll pace himself, you know, pace himself a little bit, or he'll be, you know, an undrafted guy that plays like an undrafted guy. Well, we're going to know. Yeah, we're going to find out. Hopefully there's a preseason to see it and they're not yeah. thrown to the wolves like they were this time. And and we'll see where it goes. But congrats to him. He can buy yeah. me a Heineken. <laughs> Heineken. <laughs> Nicely done, Noel. Thanks. All right, moving on with the Washington quarterback situation. This is reported according to Michael Lombardi. Washington is extremely interested in trading for Marcus Mariota, backup quarterback with the Raiders, Titans, longtime Titans quarterback. But Mariota's currently backing up Derek Carr. And currently, Vegas is pretty significantly over the salary cap right now. They're paying Mariota about $10 million this year with the chance for the deal to go above $20 million with playing incentives. They just throw some money out for a backup quarterback. Maybe they were thinking that he would take over or something. But because, you know, Gruden, John Gruden is never seems to be a big fan of Carr's work. Well, he's always for been on reason. the fence with him. Yeah, I think they, they just weren't exactly sure. And they didn't want the season to fall apart. So they were bringing a viable backup, which is fine. I mean, when you're a team that thinks you have the ability to make some noise and be competitive, you're going to do stuff like you're going to overspend for a backup that you're not going to really miss a whole lot by him coming in. Whether that's the truth with Mariota or not, I have no idea. Well, he played well when he did come in that one game, but right. you know, we're talking about a bunch of guys that played well one game, but you know, but Mariota has obviously more of a sample size than Heineke, and I think fits the the scheme pretty well. I mean, he's a mobile guy. The guy went with five seasons with the Titans, you know, completed sixty three percent of his passes, seventy six touchdowns, forty four interceptions. I've never seen the problem with him. He even played like a beast in that in that playoff game against the Chiefs when they came back. Absolutely. And, and he's not an RG3. You know, he actually has produced for an extended period of time. You know, he just hit a wall somewhere along the line with the Titans and lost his job. He got a raw deal with the Titans, and I'll tell you why. Okay. okay. Tannehill was the backup. The offense was sputtering. He wasn't playing well at times during that season. And when they brought Tannehill in... They began to go extremely run heavy. Mm -hmm. They never gave Mariota that opportunity. They were more balanced. They weren't a pass heavy team when Mariota was in there, but they definitely weren't Derrick Henry, you're going to run the ball 40 times. Right. Okay. When Tannehill came in, there were games that he threw the ball like 10 times. It's like Kyle Orton Grossman kind of situation. It was like the Garoppolo situation with San Francisco at times. 
last year. And that's what happened. He got a raw deal. It's like, shit, guys. He's sitting on the bench. He's like, damn, I could have passed the ball 10 damn times and handed off to Derrick Henry 40. (laughs) Right. And really, that's what ended up happening. And that's when the team went successful. They had a, a, a solid defense. Huge running game, and they kept time of possession for an extreme amount of time. And Tannehill rode that until he gained his confidence back from his shit storm in Miami, mm-hmm. and now he's a serviceable quarterback again. So that's the issue that I have. Mariota never got that opportunity with Tennessee that Tannehill's getting. Now Tennessee looks like geniuses. But in Mariota, I think he has his limitations. But like you said, he's a mobile guy. He can make throws. I think he just needs to be in a balanced offense. You can't put uh. all the all your eggs in Mariota's basket, so to speak. You have to have that running game. And I'm not sure Washington's the right fit for that part of things for him. But I think focusing on, on a lot of zone reads, which Washington does well, and they couldn't do that with Alex Smith for obvious reasons. But you saw what, when Heineke was in, a mobile guy. You saw when Kyle Allen was in before he got hurt, what a mobile quarterback can do. Haskins isn't as mobile. So you didn't get to see that. I think he'd be a phenomenal fit. And I like it because there will be a real competition versus if you, don't get me wrong, I'd love to have Stafford or one of those guys. Sure. But if you're going to go with this route, at least you get to see who's the best player. I mean, Kyle Allen, Heineke or him. And just because he comes in doesn't necessarily mean he's automatically the star. Right. I don't think anyway. Right. There's definitely no anointment when Mariota comes in. It's yeah. going to be a three horse race. And I think everybody in, in the situation is going to feel that that's what it's going to be. I think Mariota is going to be happy that he's in a situation where he's like, look, Kyle Allen and Heineke, he probably doesn't even know who the fuck these guys are. He's going to feel good about coming into the situation that he is going to be a viable option for them, just like Heineke when he signed or even Allen. These three guys are going to go into it saying, okay, if I play my best football, I'm going to have a chance to play here. Now, the real question is, what is this guy worth to trade? Because if you're looking at it, he's got one year left in his contract. $10 million is guaranteed to him, roughly. And then he gets that chance to make the $20 million if he if he actually plays. And, you know, based off playing incentives and this and that, I don't know. I haven't looked at his contract, but... Mid-round. Well, you got to think from perspective of he doesn't have a new deal. You're thinking about this could be a potential rented player for right. a year. And then you also have to think about that the Raiders are desperate because they're way over the cap. That's why I'm saying mid-round, a fourth at the highest. I don't know. I mean... Th- <sighs> A third round would be a stretch. We're so good in the third, or we used to be good drafting in the third round. Who the fuck knows now? But yeah, I think a fourth round would be reasonable. A fourth and a seven or something like that. I think if Vegas weren't in cap desperation and they just wanted to get them off the books because now they're confident in car or they say, you know what? Hell with it. We're going to ride it. Mm -hmm. Then you could start talking about one of your third round options because the Raiders are like, look, we have a viable backup. That's why we brought him in. But you look where the Raiders are now where they don't have a lot of options that they need to get some stuff off the books. That's where I'm saying the third round pick, I think it's too much. There might be a team out there that wants that. I mean, there's so many desperate teams for a quarterback. That's the problem, you know, and that's the only thing that might drive up the price for him. And that's what sucks. I don't know how many teams are in love with Mariota, but I think it all just hinges on the fact if John Gruden's really all in on Derek Carr. If he is which he never seems to be, then you'll trade Mariota. I think that they might release his ass. You can't give this guy another $10 million to be a backup quarterback when you're over the cap. They have time on that. They don't need to go that route just yet. And I believe, I, I, I haven't looked at the guy's contract or how 
how that works as far as their trade value or when his cap increase or cap hit happens. But I believe that they have up until at the very least prior to the draft. Well, also, the cap has not been set yet. So, you know, they're not going to release him before that. But I'm saying and we talked about this a long time ago, there's going to be some good players that are released strictly because of the cap. And that's that's another reason to kind of hold out. Where are the Raiders heads at? What do they want to keep? What is their priority here? Are they looking to trade Carr? If they're looking to trade Carr, then that's a whole different animal. Then Mariota's not even on the table. So it, it really is kind of a waiting game. But if the option is out there, the, the, what we were talking about is if the option is out there for Mariota, I would throw him a bone and say, let's start out with a fourth or fifth round pick, see where it goes from there. I kind of like the option. I never really thought about it because of Carr, but Mariota, I think, would fit well. And like I said, give some other options out there. And, but it is tough to do a three-way quarterback competition. You know, there's I don't know if there's enough reps to go around to really see what's going on. But Rivera just has a hard on for Kyle Allen for some reason. Well, in the meantime, I think he'll be the starter. Yeah, I, probably, but we'll see. <laughs> and then he'll break his leg again. Uh, but anyway, speaking of so, broken legs, speaking of broken legs, Alex Smith is back in the news. According to reports, he wants to return next year and play quote somewhere if Washington releases him. Now, I think we have an official number now. It's $13.6 million, and that's after June 1st. Did J.P. Finley give you that number? Did he, he add did that not. one up? Oh, okay. uh, No, no, he didn't. No. I got that from another an source. didn't abacus for that one? <laughs> Fucking idiot. But um, yeah, he wants to play. I love the guy. I really do. I think that his story is incredible, but he is going to have to take a massive pay cut to even be considered. He's not mad. He's going to get released. No one's going to pay him. He's going to get released. Well, what I'm saying is if he wants to stay with Washington, he's going to have to take a a massive pay cut because he's not going to make $18.5 million anywhere else. Of course, I don't even know a massive pay cut, 5 million. I don't know. I don't even think he'd make that anywhere else. Truthfully. Why are we still talking about this guy? I mean, why, he's still on the team. why are we still talking? No, no. I'm just saying, Alex, go home. <laughs> I mean, just get out of my life, please. He's, he's working on it all. Get he's out of my life. Rivera, I hope that he's just has his head screwed on straight and says, look, even if he takes a pay cut, to what end? Now, we were talking about the Mariota thing. We were talking about the three-way competition at quarterback. Where would Alex fit in in all this? Okay, let's just say for sake of argument, Alex comes back in and they've got a three-horse race with Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, and Taylor Heineke. God help us all. (laughs) Alex is going to be the initial starter, I'm guessing. Of course. If he's healthy, absolutely. If he's healthy, he's not. Even when he's healthy, he's never going to be healthy again, everyone. And taking away his mobility, which he'll never get back. And unfortunately, I mean, it's just a reality of the situation. That's what made him a serviceable quarterback. Not a great quarterback. You know, a guy that won games, got teams to playoffs, things like that. Mariota. Yeah. Cut from the same cloth. Not an explosive arm. Gets the job done. Mobile. Isn't spastic. Head screwed on straight. Kind of comes from the same mold. I think Mariota pushes down the field more than Smith. But does, what I'm though. saying is, it's the same style of he doesn't have an explosive arm. Is what I'm saying. My point yeah. is, is that if you're looking at both parties and you, and you see that Mariota's on the table, I would hope that they'd say, "All right, Smith, thank you for your service. Bye. Look to see if there's something else out there. Maybe the Rock will hire him. Maybe it's done." I appreciate... You know what? I don't appreciate what he's done. 
Jeez. I feel like he's hamstrung this team. I feel like there's an obligation, and it's a joke. You made your money with Washington, basically doing absolutely nothing for the most part. Basically okay. doing absolutely nothing. You made your money. I appreciate that you want to go play football. Just go play football someplace else. Go play for the fucking football Paralympic team for all I care, if there is one. <laughs> the U.S. National Paralympic team would love to have you. <laughs> yeah, it'd be quite a name. Grab the headlines for the it Paralympic sure would. team, you know? So, yeah, bye. Vaya con Dios. Well, I think we all are in agreement. I'd love to see him go. I'd love to make sure that he can play with his kids and all that. Good, you know, good that, for him. He's said. already doing that in his he's mansion with his with his wife, and I'm sure he's playing with her too. <laughs> she's she's quite lovely. Jeez, <laughs> I, so I mean, myself. I'm tired of talking about this guy. Uh all right. Well, <laughs> anything else on uh, Alex Smith? We're almost been on this thing. God help us for a year now. And I'm still talking about this gimp. <laughs> you know, that's very rude, Noel. He's worked his way up to come back to this team. Went five and two. Look, I know that your argument is that he did nothing during those five and two games, but he had some games. He did. One of the games that he lost against uh, Detroit, he had 500 we yards done. passing. We, we done. I'm just saying, yeah, we, we're done. But he, you know, to think <laughs> that he's all bad is is a no, ridiculous just, thing to say. I, I just think it's ridiculous that there's people on the street begging for change that are better quarterbacks than him at this point. And this guy's still limping around, wanting to continue his career. I think it's an absolute joke, and it makes me sick. All right. Well, there you go. Well, good luck, Alex. Thank you for your service with the Washington football team. Ain't done and, uh, yet, Matt. Don't jump yet. the gun. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to the Wizards. After coming off a back-to-back, won two straight beating the Celtics and the Rockets at home. But we know most of you really don't care about all that because you want to hear, I'm sure, about the latest drama between John Wall and the Wiz, which there was over the weekend. Wall played well in his return to D.C., putting up a double-double, scoring 29 with 11 assists. So Wall was interviewed by Fred Katz of The Athletic on Sunday and apparently wasn't very happy uh, the way the Wizards handled his trade. Wall said, quote, I said all I ever wanted from the start was honesty. Just tell me the truth, what it was. I can deal with it. I felt like I deserve the honesty and respect because I've been there for 10 years. I've been through the bad times when we had shitty teams, when we had good teams in D.C. I never turned my back on the organization. I played through damn near every injury that a lot of people wouldn't have played through. I played through broken hands in the playoffs. I think I did everything I could and gave everything I had, heart and soul, to the organization on and off the court. Everybody kept telling me, no, it's not true. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. And I'm like, I know Houston probably called them first, but it's a part of the business. Why wouldn't you call if somebody wants to be traded? And it's not nothing, just having conversation. That's all I wanted. If you're having conversations, that's cool. I get it. Nobody could ever tell me the truth about it. End quote. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you first and foremost, Noel, I'm going to give you props on this. Sounds like you were right from the very beginning about all of it. Wall was not told the truth about this. I'm Tommy coming, Shepherd. Elizabeth. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Shepard was a snake about this. Absolutely. And um, it's a shame. I don't know, maybe they were afraid to tell him the truth because, you know, he's had those back end problems with coaching and front office and things like that and and didn't know how to tell him. It was a pretty pussy move, though, overall. I mean, it just adds to the sour taste in my mouth. It really does. I already knew that this was the case and I said it before they did him dirty. 
Yeah, he was doing his job. He was there for 10 years. He fought through injuries, this, that, and the other thing. He's a dime a dozen out there of a hardworking guy at, his, at, at whatever job you're at. Everybody's got to get off their ass and go perform at the best of their ability. I'm not giving them props for that part of it. But the fans loved him, and you could see in his heart of hearts that he absolutely loved this basketball team. I don't think anybody can deny that. Did he have his antics and do stupid shit every once in a while? Absolutely. But I don't think anybody, even wall haters, can deny the fact that he loved this basketball team and he wanted to be here. And the city. And the city. And the people in the city loved him. And that's what really is disheartening about this thing, that they couldn't give him the fucking respect that he deserved in that context. Man to man, tell him, look, this is how it's going to have to be, John. And if he comes out after that kicking and screaming, that's on him. Yeah. But you did not allow and give him the opportunity to be a man about it because you weren't a man about it. You're shooting texts, you know? Fuck you. It's not even like breaking up with a girlfriend. You've been married for 10 years. Right. And you said a text, eh, I think let's call it quits. You do it over text. I mean, that's basically the equivalent of that. Exactly. Plus this new douchebag GM. Yeah, he's been with the organization and stuff, but he's new to the he's new to the position. Well, hopefully he learns from this one. This is the bombshell you drop. Plus you lie to the press and say no, he's good, like on November twenty-third or whatever the fuck it was. This guy's packing his bags to come to training camp. He's doing photo shoots for mm-hmm. the Wizards. And he finds out by text message. They rescheduled his training camp press conference, and that's when he knew things were getting squirrely. Not because of somebody came to him and told him, not because the even fucking the towel boy came to him, <laughs> because they started rescheduling shit on him, and he said, eh, something smells here. Yeah. That's bullshit, man. That's a horrible feeling to have. That's like, you know, you're at a job where you feel like you're on eggshells, because they kind of want you to feel that way sometimes, and... You just feel this vibe, and it just puts you in a horrible place. It really does. And then you start to question, is it me? Yeah. Am I just overthinking this? Am I just paranoid? And then that pisses you off. After the fact, you're like, God damn, man. Really, you put me through all this shit. You made me think that I was crazy in my head. Other people are telling me, dude, don't worry about it. You're good. He said that in the interview, too. Everybody was telling me I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Imagine the paranoia that was going on with this guy. He's fucking giving away turkeys and shit. (laughs) Yeah. And this entire damn time, they're backdooring this guy. Yeah, they did not handle that right. But I, the whole thing with Beal and and Wall still being best of friends and the crying and, and and the carrying on, we've talked about this before. There is no conceivable way that Bradley Beal was not consulted on this at all. Yeah. I think that he didn't know how to handle it. I think that he didn't want to mess up a friendship, you know, that kind of thing. And then when you put out a name like Russell Westbrook, oh my God, one of the greatest players of all time, on paper, at least, you know, we, we've seen him this year. And I think at the end of the day, Beal wanted to be the guy. And he didn't think with Wall coming back, he couldn't do it. There was no chance there was going to be the same old shit. He was going to be back to shooting corner threes, and he didn't want it. And regardless of whatever he says, all the crocodile tears he comes out with, there's no conceivable way that he didn't get consulted with it. And this is on him, too. The way the wall played last night, I mean, you're spot on. Wall was playing with no one, literally no one. No one. Daniela House or whatever he calls himself now. Yeah. The guy's just draining three after three. And, you know, in typical wall fashion, 
gets guys paid. How many guys did he get paid over the last, well, eight years, Matt, not ten? Absolutely. And I'm watching that game last night. God, he's so pinpoint with his passes. And it's beautiful. I'm, and I'm pausing the game and rewinding it and going over. This is what this team needed. Driving kicks. If Houston would have hit a tenth of their threes, would they shoot like 19%? He's driving and kicking the ball. Imagine Bertans. Imagine Denny. Imagine Rui driving and kicking the ball out to these guys. I mean, it makes me so frustrated and sad. He is such a better player than Westbrook. Oh, yeah. You can I, just see it. Undeniable. It's night and day, man. It's undeniable. He carried, the, he carried Houston as much as he can. He was exhausted in that fourth quarter. You could tell. As soon as he would pass half court, it was either I'm passing the ball off to somebody or I'm gunning a three because I can't move. Because he was driving the ball so hard at the beginning of that game, especially in the first half. He bullied the shit out of Wagner on that play. Broke his ass down and then bullied his ass straight at the basket. Westbrook would kill a man to have that move back. And that play, going to Westbrook for a second, it just made me think of it. When he tried to do that rebound dunk... And it got stuck. And it got stuck. I'm like, <laughs> that's a microcosm of where Westbrook is now. Hey, he had a triple-double, Noel. That is a microcosm <laughs> of where Westbrook is now. Because 10 years ago, he would have dunked that thing two-handed reverse off. I know. It's okay? a shame. He can't move. He can't jump. He can do nothing. They made it out to be like that two-handed dunk that he had on that pass, and he pulled himself up on the rim, was like... Westbrook of old. I'm like, wow, really? Well, in fairness to them, they do say, you know, Westbrook would have dunked that two years ago and yeah. stuff. They, they do throw that in. But uh, we were talking about this a few days ago. Remember uh, with that movie, Little Big League, where yeah. the, the kid, the, <laughs> it's the, the Minnesota Twins, and he's the manager. The then, kid manager, yeah. Yeah, he's the owner of the, the, the grandfather dies. He leaves the team to the kid, and then he ends up being the manager for whatever reason. And then he had that one player on his, on the team that was just like way too old and and just past way his prime. over the hill. But way he's just a huge hill. fan of the player, huge said, fan Fuck of it. him. He's going to play. I don't care. I love this guy. It's, it's my hero. Yeah, and then he and then he hits a single, and then uh, the assistant manager or whatever is like, "Isn't there something wrong when you get that excited when he hits a synchronized single?" <laughs> but yeah. this is him. That's him in a nutshell. Yeah, it's him in a nutshell. It's like everybody's a fan of Russell Westbrook, what he used to be. But the guy's not even getting calls anymore. Right. Even the refs recognize you're just another guy now. Yeah. And he makes, honestly, worse plays than a lot of the just other guys. Because I guess you can see it in his eyes. He doesn't have the confidence anymore. You know, and I feel for him in that way because his body's not what it was. And what I was concerned about John Wall with all of his injuries was that his shooting is not consistent enough to be a viable player. And we just don't know what he's going to be when he comes back. Once he loses that speed, once he loses that ability to drive, he will be Westbrook. He's just not there yet. And kudos to the Wizards for getting him two damn years off to get it right. Because Westbrook apparently didn't get that same treatment from his other teams, you know, whatever his problems were. But he's dropped off so much physically from over well, the last two years. It's, it's sad. Well, I can tell you, going back to Wall, I'm happy for the guy. I rooted for him the whole game. I rooted for him against the Wizards the first time. I mean, I wanted the Wizards to win, but Wall was playing with nobody. He was the best player on the floor besides Beal. Man, Beal was good in that game. And uh, Wall deed him up. They deed each other up. It was fun to watch. The whole thing is, like I said, the whole theme of this, it's just a shame. Yeah. That's all I can say about it. The whole thing is just a shame. And he said it in the, in the athletic interview as well. I just wanted to run it back with my brother one more time. 
That's all. If you would have traded me in a year, two years, whatever it was. And I said this before too. And I think I'm there with the fans. Just wanted to run it back one more time and see what happened with it. And looking at him now, it's a shame because they would have gotten a shit ton for trade value for him Absolutely. as well. And um, I'm amazed that with that Achilles that he's able to come back the way he has and have the same amount of burst and speed and everything else. I don't think anybody saw that coming, myself included. I was According wrong. According to the Wizards, they did. They were gloating about it. They go to his practices. They see he's played better than he's. He looks better. His J's better. Everything's better, 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 better. See ya. And, you know, going back to the Beal thing that I, I didn't really get an opportunity to comment on it. You know, they're doing their little handshake bullshit on the floor and my brother and this and that. And you're right, Matt. I think Wall in his heart of hearts, and that shows his professionalism and he's willing to put things behind him. He ain't stupid. Mm-hmm. He knows that Beal wimped out on that thing. And all he had to do, and I've said this before, is say, ain't happening, guys. If he goes, I go. Of course. Or if at the trade deadline, we're shit, figure it out then. But we're going to run this back. He didn't even have to say that. All he had to do was be like, eh, I'm good. Yeah. Beal holds all the spades, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Come on, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think we used that, didn't we? Never. I never have used that. No, no. no. I'm saying as a title. Didn't we use that thing? Beal holds all the spades? No, it was uh, uh, spades something. Something it wasn't with the Beal spades. That. Oh, yeah, because Wall was playing spades. That's yeah, right. that's why I said <laughs> it. Jesus Christ. Man, I know it's late, but you I know. I know, man. Sorry. Sorry. It's just, it was nice to see. It's a shame Beal didn't man up. And uh, it makes me feel worse for Wall because... He's heartbroken by the whole thing. And it makes me realize even more why I liked him. Yeah. And he got a raw deal in it. I hope that he plays well in Houston. I watch the games when I can to see Houston play. And this wasn't honestly one of the better games that I've seen him play. His shot has been a lot better this year. This game, it was not. But I could tell you one thing. Nobody can deny that fucking speed, man. No. Nobody. So good for him. I'm glad he got it back. And... um. Oh, well, maybe in another life. Maybe. Hey, 2-0 and since Wagner started. That's all I have to say. There we go. And we won't see him for three games now for some reason. <laughs> Before we go, what about that play when Wall stole the ball from uh, Wagner and then he stole and it back? And then he tapped it back. <laughs> <laughs> I love Wagner, man. Another guy that I'm really happy for is him. When they played well the last time he was in and he had the 17 points and then he just went completely MIA again. He's been rooting on the bench like a college kid. Even when he's gotten fucked by this idiot Brooks, when he's busted his ass out there, they've actually won games when he's been out there. This guy, for whatever reason, will not play him. He loves Lopez. He's even tried Lynn. He's tried all these experiments. Every time Wagner is in there, he's busted his butt. He deserves to play. This team is shit anyway. You're not losing anything one way or the other. And you're putting passion on the floor. And that's what this team needs because they don't have any. Well, that's what we were talking about. You got Matthews is starting for a reason. Yeah, he's not you know playing a ton, but he's starting. And Wagner's starting. You have enough guys that can score. You need those guys that'll hustle, that'll bust their ass, that'll do the little things. And they don't have enough of those guys. So you need to intertwine them with the guys that can score. Right. And then it lifts everybody up. If they play defense like they did against the Celtics every fucking game, this could be a pretty good team. Yeah. Even with Russell Westbrook and, and his bullshit, you know? In spite of him. And and honestly, Matt, going back to Westbrook for just a second, they play better without him. They do. 
They play better without him. Neto played a good game against Houston. So Neto first played time, great. It's the first time he's played really well since like the first couple games of the season, to be honest with you. But well, he's, he's been hurt too. No, right? no, absolutely. What I'm saying is if he plays at that level for extended periods of time as a backup, they don't need Westbrook on the floor. So I really believe that this team has some pieces. Like you said, they play well defensively. Who gives a shit if Westbrook has 10 rebounds? They don't need it from their fucking point guard. They need a guy that can drive to the basket and get and, and give options to his team. And he doesn't give that. He's a detriment on the floor. He can't shoot. He can't do anything. And they're stuck with him. So this team is in the doghouse. They got a long run here going on to the West Coast, which is going to be murderer's row. So let's not start patting each other on the back over two wins. But hey, oh, trust me, I'm not. I am not. Yeah. But I was thinking about this when I was watching the game. Last thing that it may be really good that they got this whole COVID thing out of the way because you know other teams are going to go through the same shit eventually. It might actually make their schedule easier down the road. Pretty much the entire team got COVID. It's mathematically, it's very difficult to get it again. They may be in good shape. They got that shit done, wiped off. Yeah, they lost a ton of games and everything. But hey, hey, maybe it'll happen right it. before the playoffs. Like ten yeah, teams will get decimated, everyone. and then they'll get in. <laughs> yeah. They'll have to do a bubble, and they'll have a play-in game again that Beal won't go to <laughs> the thirteenth team or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, the other, well, you know, eight uh, hey, gone. it's they're in. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and of course, our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you Friday.